Hello, everybody. I'm John Locke, and I'd like to welcome you to the LockingYourSuccess.com Trading Performance Podcast, where it's all about real traders, real problems, and real coaching. Listen up and enjoy the segment. For those serious about becoming successful, consistently profitable options traders, now is the time to build skills in technical analysis, market analysis, and applied volatility to get those results. We have multiple memberships, starting with our Go membership that teaches rules-based trading and our Pro membership that teaches more subjective trading. For more information, go to LockInYourSuccess.com memberships. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Options Trading for Income for October 23rd, 2023, episode 955. Before we get going, I'd like to remind you the presentation is for education purposes only. We're not broker dealers or financial advisors, and we're not making any specific trade recommendations. Also, please be aware that your risk in trading options is substantial, and please make sure you are aware of all your risks prior to placing any trades. Also, note that in this presentation, we're using hypothetical computer simulated trading and the results. The ability to be as accurately represented as possible. Keep in mind, live results can vary from simulated results for many different reasons. So today is our quarterly open house. I would like to welcome our open house members who are joining us, as well as our regular Go and Pro members and so forth. So uh, a little bit about this meeting. We call it Options Trading for Income. We have 12 different trading strategies that we cover here on this meeting. And for our beginner traders, it's important that you stay within your skill and your understanding level. One of the biggest challenges that you're going to have with trading in general as you learn to trade and become and learn to become a better trader is becoming overwhelmed. There's just it was almost easier for me to teach this back in 2006 and 2007 when information was a little bit limited and there wasn't so much information out there because I could come in and I could teach traders basically only the relevant information they needed to have in order to become successful in the marketplace. Today, there's just so much information out there that you get information overload, and there's a lot of stuff that you can pay attention to that's very detrimental to your trading. Um, and that's even sometimes if it's good information. I mean, you can have some really good information, but it's just not appropriate for your level of uh, understanding of the marketplace. And trying to constantly focus on more advanced information, which is freely available out there, um, you actually delay your trading progress, and you just don't get any better at trading. So, um, one of the th and, and you know that's even true within this webinar. We talk to, we have this thing called the Trader Success Blueprint with different stages, and we try to keep or we encourage you to stay within your trade level, uh, your your stage level, as we're trading. It's less information, and that helps prevent overwhelm and so forth. So one of the goals here, or um, one of the things that traders come in when they begin trading, they come in with the idea that I'm going to find a trade, I'm just going to trade that trade forever, and you know, I'm going to have this perfect set of rules, and I'm going to make money every month, or every week, or every day, depending on what your day trading, or you're doing longer term monthly trades. But I'm going to just tr follow this trading strategy for the rest of my life, and I'm going to make money all the time. And... You know, that's a very novice <laughs> and novel thought, but it's not really reality. That's kind of fantasy world. The reality is, is we're going to have these trading rules sometimes, and sometimes they're going to do well, sometimes they're not going to do well. 
our goal here with our 12 different trading strategies isn't to make money every single month. Our goal is to have different types of uh, strategies. We have different entry strategies. We have different uh, adjustment strategies. Some of them have no, you know, their adjustment strategy is no adjustment. We have different exit strategies, and we put them in different types of systems in order to introduce them to you um, depending on your stage, right? So there's certain concepts we we introduce in stage one, certain concepts in stage two, certain concepts in stage three and stage four. And then, of course, stage five is when we bring everything together. But um, it's about understanding the concepts behind the trades, not whether they win or lose all the time. That's how you're going to become a better trader. Oh, when is it a good time? When is it appropriate to do maybe a bull trade or a super bull trade? When's it... Um, what's the difference between a bull trade and a super bull trade? There's different; they have different guidelines and different types of um, exit strategies, right? And there's going to be a difference when one is, you know, appropriate over the other. When's it appropriate to do a bear trade uh, or a bearish butterfly trade over a bull trade, or maybe it's appropriate to do both in certain types of markets? Um, what's the advantages of the differences between a bearish butterfly and a bear trade? What's the advantages and disadvantages? You know, same thing, M3.4U versus versus M3. M3 versus rock or V32 versus rock or V32 versus M3. There's different times when one is appropriate over the other. And as you begin to get, if, you, if you're doing this properly, you know, as you, and you're looking at with the proper perspective, not I'm going to have this trade, and I'm going to win all the time. But, you know, what's the benefits and drawbacks in certain market conditions and understanding, too, it's not just about the market conditions. Like you can have uh, a bearish overall market condition or a high volatility overall market condition sometimes and be better off in a bull trade or a Super Bowl than in a bearish butterfly. And you can have overall bullish conditions and be better off in a bear trade than in a bullish trade, right? Because it's all about the time cycle you're trading, right? The, you know, the, the shorter the time cycle you're trading, the less relevant the overall market condition necessarily becomes as far as bullishness and bearishness, right? Um, and the more relevant the short-term time frame your trading becomes. So you want to you know, be aware of that as a trader so that you can well, later on when you understand the strategies themselves and then you start to be, understand the market, then you can start to put these together and then trade them more appropriately. Um, and that's when you really make your money. That's when your consistency comes in and that's when your higher returns come in. Okay, so we wanted to talk about that. So within this this webinar, we do 12 different trading strategies. Bull is like a stage one strategy, Super Bowl, Bear, Unbalanced Butterflies, and stage two. If you join membership, or even if you're just um, here as a guest, you can look at our Trader Success Blueprint and see what we're trying to build. We're trying to build certain skills with each uh, stage. Um, and then we have our stage three and then stage four. So we're going to cover all these trades, but I encourage you to stay in at your level. If it gets too confusing, just kind of ignore the information for now because it's not appropriate for you yet. Stay with what you know. Do not become overwhelmed. That's going to be your biggest challenge. Okay. Um, all right. So as far as what's coming up in the near future for us, our, tr our monthly trading to win webinar for our pros is coming up on this, let's see, this Wednesday, October 25th. 
Uh, if you have any questions, trade reviews you'd like to cover, so forth, please put the, get those into me so that we can uh, get the uh, information together or get you scheduled so that we can do the coaching session with you or whatever. Um, our next market movement or market outlook is going to be Monday at 8.30 a.m. Again, for our market outlook and pro members. Our next trading with the pros meetings are going to be on an odd schedule this cycle. We're going to be doing Friday, November 3rd and Thursday, November 16th because we have some scheduling conflicts with some other things. And our next Go Ask a Trader is going to be Wednesday, November 8th. All right. Oh, yeah. And I can't forget about this, right? So we have a live seminar coming up. We have some guests on, so I want to make sure that everybody knows about this. We have a live seminar coming up on January 18th and 19th, Trading to Win. We do have a limited capacity, but this is going to be a fantastic webinar talking about putting it all together. We're going to be talking about regular guidelines trades. We'll be talking about being positionally subjective within guidelines trades. Again, again, that's not directionally subjective. When we have a guidelines trade, we're, we're, we're making a strategy based on the past, basically. So, hey, this, this set of rules worked in the past, um, and this is what provided us the most wins in the past. That's, what, that's not how I develop strategies, but that's how a lot of people develop strategies. And they'll say, you know, they'll fine-tune it to whatever market movements happened in the past. The problem with that rule set is it has no idea as to what the context is that you're trading. It might be similar to the past. It might be completely different from the past. You know, um, a move, maybe the market went down and moved up in the past, but this time it move, continues to move down, right? Where, you know, you fine-tune your, your, your rule set and it filtered out those past losses, but, you know, come going forward, it, it's it's... It's no longer valid. My point being is when we have a set of rules, those rules are put together, you know, based a lot of times on backtesting, and that really has not doesn't necessarily have anything to, to do with the context of what's happening to you now, right? So there are times when our rule sets really don't make any sense in what's currently going on. So that's being positionally subjective, saying, hey, this is this is with the intent of the rule set. But that intent does not apply here, so I'm going to be positionally subjective, and I'm going to follow the intent of the rule set rather than the actual rules themselves. Right? So that's being positionally subjective, and you can really manage your risk better that way. You can, um, you know, produce more wins. You can produce higher, uh, higher win wins and, and fewer losses that way. And then, of course, we're going to talk about being directionally subjective also, or not just directionally, but you know, um, from a volatility standpoint, from an implied volatility standpoint, from a price movement volatility standpoint, uh, and from a directional standpoint, how to bring that into your trading and then really optimize getting your trading strategies correct for whatever's going on in the marketplace at the given time giving us, again, even higher probabilities, higher win rates, um, lower lower drawdowns, um, higher wins overall. So that all this is possible. Okay. So let's move forward here. And, oh, one last notice. The membership is opening for November today. So if anybody likes what you see here and likes our style that we have here at Locking Your Success, we highly encourage you to come on in and join us in membership because that's the way you get better, right? You, you want to make sure that you um, get the information you need 
to in the right uh, the information you need in the right context and in the right amount so that you can become successful and do better. Okay, so let's move forward here and we'll talk about our strategies. Uh, again, for those of you who are uh, guests with us, um, we are only covering what happened in the last week. We do these do we do this basically real time? talk about what's happening in real time. So this is not backtesting. This is the strategies that we have. We talk about what's going on in the marketplace. We talk about whether it's appropriate maybe to use this strategy in this particular cycle or not based on certain things that are going on. Um, but ultimately, we pretty much go by the guidelines. Um, here we have our bull trade on for December. Um, and of course, the Russell's been we're currently experiencing the most aggressive down move in the Russell and the most consistent down move that we've seen in a while. Uh, one of the challenges or one of the things you should know about trading in general is these trades react very differently depending on what our implied, not what the implied volatility is per se. In other words, not the implied volatility level of the VIX or of the RVX, but based on your vertical skew curve. Your applied volatility vertical skew curve is really what's going to affect how the strategies react and so forth. And one of the things that you um, may notice is we've had bigger down moves in this over the last couple of years, but we had the vertical skew curve was much more forgiving. So we're now in an environment here where we're getting, especially in the Russell, where we're getting these down moves that rival those um, of a year ago or so, but we no longer have the vertical skew structure that that allows us to uh, that supports that kind of a move. So when that happens, it makes it's less favorable conditions basically, and it makes us stop out maybe uh, well definitely stop out earlier with a down move on a bull trade, and that's one of the reasons like earlier uh, in the year and last year. Um, we had these very big down cycles, but the bull trade survived. It never hit its stop loss points. Well, we don't have that vertical skew structure anymore. Um, and it's a lot less favorable for that. So now these moves are starting to stop us out. And that's the reason why. So, you know, with, like when you're, when you're trading this and you're, and you're, and you're making these estimations and you're going to say, well, a bull trade will withstand and I'm just throwing these numbers out of the hat, right? They have no relevance to reality. But if I say, oh, a bull trade will withstand 150 points to the downside. Um, well, the reality of that is in that environment, yes. In other environments, it might only be 60 points, right? Again, vertical skew environments, not necessarily regular volatility environments. So we want to we want to keep that going. All right, so moving forward here, um, let's just go over what happened during the week. This has no adjustments. So this is a, a $7,500 planned capital trade. We have a $2,500 potential profit about a little bit more than that. And we have an exit loss trigger of $2,500. We'll just exit the strategy. So here, we obviously got some pretty hard down moves Thursday. Friday, we're down 16.20, and then, uh, or Thursday, and then Friday, we come here and we're down 21.70. So <clears throat> we have not yet hit our stopout point. If we, uh, we check this once a day, so if at the end of the day we 
end up getting drawn down more than $2,500, then we're going to follow our guidelines and we're going to um, do an exit here. But as of right now, this is where we stand. If the market does bottom out um, at our checkpoint time, right? So we could have a tail bottom at the end of the day that shoots down to here. But if at our checkpoint time, we don't close much below where we are now, then this may survive when we end up being profitable. We'll see what happens. So it's still a little bit early in the trade, but that's what we have with that, uh, that particular strategy. If anybody has any questions, again, feel free to throw that into the chat. Uh, we do have one question here. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, by vertical skew curve here, do you mean that there's less extrinsic value in the options so the T plus zero line of the bull trade is steeper and therefore you stop out with less of a down move in the rut? Um, not extrinsic value total in the options, right? That would be more like a general applied volatility. Vertical skew curve has everything to do with what the extrinsic value is in our long options versus what it is in our short options or vertical skew curve for those of you who aren't aware right with, with different kinds of implied vol or different measurements of implied volatility we have implied volatility via the vix which is simply um you know the options that are about 30 days out from expiration at the money right so the at the money option about 30 days from expiration has a certain implied volatility level which is determined of course backwards off the extrinsic value of the option um that's going to be the VIX. Our vertical skew curve and the options involved in the position are, well, the vertical skew curve in our option cycle is going to be the difference of implied volatility from option to option. So we have 20 point, you know, in other words, you have a difference here, 20.13, 20.41, 20.7, 20 and so forth. That the difference between that and how that changes across the, um, Strikes, if you were to, to plot that on a graph, that's going to tell you your vertical skew curve for that particular cycle. What's going to affect our position directly is the difference in implied volatility. Uh, and, and it's not really even the difference of implied in implied volatility because implied volatility doesn't, doesn't link directly to extrinsic value. Impri implied volatility is a percentage of a base value, an underlying base value that's determined in the, the Black-Scholes equation. Right. So in other words, a 1% um, change of implied volatility does not equal this uh, in this option does not equal the same um, amount of money as a 1% implied volatility change in this option. And that 1% not only is difference between options and options, it's different. It's different between where the asset price is in, in location to the options. In other words, it's not that simple. It's not a direct relationship. OK, so we want to keep that in mind. But the basically. We'll talk to, about it in terms of applied volatility, just to keep it more, you know, at a basic level. The difference, the, your position is going to um, react based on the, the change of implied or actually extrinsic value between this option strike and this option strike, and it's kind of sort of, it's kind of sort of related to an implied volatility, but not not directly as we as we spoke. So. In other words, if I have what we call a steep implied volatility skew curve, it means that um, I have a very large difference between 
or a larger difference between extrinsic value between here and here. So what happens is if this extrinsic value is, is relatively low and this one is relatively high compared to each other, then this T plus zero line becomes steeper and you lose money faster. If you have a very flat implied volatility skew curve, meaning that implied volatility is very similar between these two, or maybe even the same, or maybe even inverted, um, you'll have a, a very a flatter T plus zero line. And having a flatter T plus zero line, of course, you're not going to lose money as quickly with a down move. You're not going to make money as quickly with an up move. So you can almost simulate that by going further and closer to expiration. If this is, if I put five lines in here, or um, sorry, let me go back to t plus zero, or t plus t plus zero. Let me go into um, lines. I do four projection lines. <clears throat> if I had a if I had a steeper implied volatility skew curve, you think of it this way: if I had a steeper implied volatility skew curve, or a smile implied vol more smile in my implied volatility skew curve, it would look more like this um, whatever uh, this top line here. If I had a flatter implied volatility skew curve, it looks more like this, and you can see the difference in reaction. Okay. It's almost like going synthetically going closer into up into expiration and synthetically going further away from like expiration as your skew curve changes. And that's a I guess that's a that's kind of a simplistic way to understand. It's not exactly like that, but that's that gives you a general understanding of what's going on. And that that's present for all positions, whether it be a butterfly, a condor, or a vertical, or even a just a call on its own. Sometimes um, the call on its own. Um, will give a, um, actually, let's not, let's not go there. It's true on a vertical or any complex position. Okay, we'll go with that. Um, all right, so let's go into some of our other trades here. And I know I got another question. Okay, actually, let me look at the question for a minute. Um, does the big picture show in the in the in the VX curve or backwardation? So remember, there's horizontal skew and there's vertical skew. So vertical skew is the difference between option to option in the same cycle. Our, and realistically, the only ones that really matter to us are the are, are the are the options that we have in play. It doesn't really matter what the skew curve does down here or what it does up here because we don't have those options on our position. The only ones that really matter is for the difference between here and here. Same thing with a butterfly, broken butterfly. It's whatever the strikes are within your position. Um, your VX curve from cycle to cycle is going to be a, a horizontal skew curve, which is your which is your difference between expiration cycle to expiration cycle. That has nothing to do with your position. The difference between this cycle and this cycle or this cycle and the cycle before it has nothing to do with this position because you only have options in this thing. So from a positional standpoint, um, the horizontal skew curve has nothing to do with this position whatsoever. Um, now, it might have implications on which direction the market's more likely to go and so forth. 
right? It tells you other things, but it has nothing to do with this position. Uh, your horizontal skew curve has nothing to do with it. Now, if you're trading calendars and diagonals, you know, your vertical skew curve really doesn't mean anything. What means everything is your horizontal skew at that point. In other words, your difference between cycle to cycle. Okay, so that's the difference depending on the type of trading you're doing. The strategies that we we trade calendars within membership and pro membership and so forth, but um, we don't have any calendar strategies that we do in options trading for income. Um, we have a class on calendars, how to best utilize calendar spreads that really talks about that. Okay. So anyway, let's go and see how our bearish butterfly is doing here. We had a bearish. We have a bearish butterfly for November. This was our positioning. This is a, by the way, it's a fifty thousand dollar plan capital position, but we only have like eight thousand in it. That's not uncommon, right? Usually, in low implied volatility uptrends, for example, we'll get our fifty thousand in the position or so. Um, if it's a strong uptrend during our cycle, and especially if implied volatility is, I'm going to say this is a general. Rule implied volatility is low, but realistically, again, if we go back to be more accurate on that, it's if the vertical skew curve is very smiley, or, or we would call it steep implied volatility skew curve, we'll get a lot of money in it. We have a, a flat implied volatility vertical skew curve. We tend not to get a lot of money in it, even if we scale in, right? Because that's going that also affects the price of your butterflies. So something to be uh, understanding of as we're moving along. But anyway, let's just. See what happened here with this. We got an up move. Um, for those of you who don't know, we have a control point of 1760. We have an add point to the upside for a scale in. Um, we have an add point for the upside scale in. Um, and that's going to be at 1800. We never reached that point. We got Tuesday, we got our down move Wednesday. Our adjustment point here is if we get outside, see this, this dotted line here? We get outside that dotted line, which is what I call outside the tent. We, um, and we're positive delta, which we are, more than positive 20. Then uh, we're, gonna do, we're going to do a rollback to make the position essentially delta neutral. In this case here, a rollback to 1740 puts us pretty much as neutral as we can get. If I go uh, 10 more strikes to 1730, I get to like minus 9. So this is the more neutral move. So we're moving back uh, into here, and now we're flat delta. And then if we go into Friday, we get a 16-point move. And I like to use positive 20 delta. I mean, again, this is kind of a gray area. This is like um, a more advanced stage trade. One of the things when you're back testing everyone, right, we have new people on here, so I'm just going to emphasize this, is whenever you hit a gray area, like if you have a trading strategy that you're going to back test and you expect to use it going forward and, you, and you're trying to look for a certain result, you always want to play out anything that, that could have gone either way, right? So uh, if I get a, a, a trade in an area that, that you know, is near an adjustment point, for example, whether that be a price point or that be whatever. You want to play it out both ways because sometimes playing it out, making the adjustment will make the difference on whether you win or lose, and you don't know in reality whether you would have made the adjustment or, or not. You 
because you know here we're looking at a frozen point in time. In reality, if you're looking at this, you're looking at profit and loss numbers that are varying. You're looking at delta numbers that are varying. You're looking at price numbers that are varying a lot of the time. And you might say, well, that could have happened or it may may not have happened. What people will do is they'll filter their they'll filter their rules so they just miss the trigger point, and then they'll filter out the loss and pretend it couldn't have happened, right? And then when they trade the trading strategy live, they don't do as well. And a lot of times they'll say, well, it's because I didn't get the execution I wanted. And that's a bunch of no. I'm going to be nice and say crap instead of what I'd like to say. Um, execution is rarely the problem. It's usually the fact that you back tested something, you filtered out all your losses, and now you know systematically filtered out your losses by minor modifications in your rule set, and now all of a sudden you know you trade it live and you can't do that. You know now those losses happen. You don't you don't get a you don't get the expected result that you did from back testing the strategy. Again, that's not an execution thing. I mean, it's possible it could be, but it very, I mean, I've done this for many years now, very, very rarely, and I would say never have I had a trading strategy necessarily fail because of an execution thing. It's always because of unrealistic expectations from filtering out bad results and backtesting through um, fine-tuning your strategy, so to speak. Okay, so um, anyway, I'm going I'm to roll this back again to at the money, or at least I'm going to try to do this um, with a 10-point strike, and see what happens. So, again, we want to be generally neutral in our delta here. It's going to go 10 points. And see what that brings me here. That's going to be bring me to 635. I might want to take a look at 20 to see what that brings me. This is the, basically the process that I'm going through. Not live, right? I'm doing it in analytical model to see where I wanted to roll this back to. This 451, that minus 451 is closer to neutral than six, so I'm just I'm, gonna, I'm generally going to pick this, and um, we'll commit that. This will be our new position, and now on a reversal, we are going to have a new control point of 1720 with an add point of 1760 to the upside. Of course, if implied volatility skews are uh, curves, the vertical skew curves are steep enough or close enough to expiration, we pop into expiration guidelines after 21 days to expiration. Lately, they haven't been that steep, so we haven't had that issue. We've just been standard, uh, staying a standard. But this is where this is where that stands. Also, on Friday, we have an entry, so it's 56 days for uh, our. December cycle. I'm going to come in here. I'm going to go. We're 1686. That actually puts us at. Remember, we're 17 to 27 points under the money. So realistically, I could be at either strike, right? Um, either 17, uh, 1670, or 1660. But again, I'm taking this flash point in time, and we're going to use that. Uh, this is going to put us at 1660. Two, three, four, five, and sixteen, sixty here. All right, we'll do a new trade, and this is what our entry is going to look like for our bearish butterfly in September. So. 
commit this. So back to questions here quickly. Um, so a flat curve is better for a bear, for a butterfly entry. Let me caution everybody, right? Especially new people, we have a very large tendency to ask very general questions. Any answer to answer to a very general question is going to give you zero actionable results. Okay. Um, this is what I, I, I won't say that it's better for a butterfly entry. What I will tell you is if you have a flat vertical skew curve, your butterfly will cost less money and your delta will be more flat. Whether you perceive that or better as better or not is a different story. That's going to depend on your adjustment strategy. It's going to, going to depend on what happens afterwards. It's going to depend on your exit strategy, your entry strategies, and so forth. Right? It's going to depend on whether you're entering positive or negative delta um, on your entries. So there's a lot of difference. It's going, to be it's going to be situationally dependent on whether something's better or not. It's going to be, um, it's going to be you know, cheaper or more expensive. We can say that. Right? We can say you're going to be flatter delta or you're going to be steeper delta. We want to be very cautious about because because what we say when we ask our questions, right? The quality of our trading and the quality of our decisions is based on the quality of the questions we ask. I cannot give you right, and, and you know this is this is true for everybody. This is very common, especially as a beginner, right? An expert trader will come in and ask me. I'll know their experience level, right? Um, I'll know their experience level based on. The type of questions they ask, all right? Someone will, will come in to me and say, you know, if, if it's flatter, what type of uh, things, right? And again, this is, you know, you know, based on entry. If you have a flat implied volatility skew curve, you're going to have a cheaper butterfly with flatter delta. Whether that's better or not completely depends on what happens after that, which is the next ability that you're going to want to develop as a trader is, you know. What does this move mean? Why is it flat? And is it likely to go back to the other way around? Right. So that's more appropriate questions. Okay. So um, anyway, this is our entry. I don't like the entry, by the way. Um, uh, I liked the bearish butterfly entry for last cycle. I do not like it for this cycle. We're at the bottom. What's like, like technically, for example. Again, I'm not being subjective here. We're doing these by the guidelines. It is what it is. But if I'm being you know, technically subjective, as I said, um, we might get a bit of a down move, but we're probably going to get a fairly large up move in this cycle, and that may be problematic for the strategy. Uh, anyway, we'll see, how, we'll see how that goes. So let's go to Monday. Um, And next strategy here is uh, our bear trade. Those of you, I'm not going to get into this because we're running late, but um, this is somewhat similar to a bearish butterfly uh, entry. It has a, it has almost, this is a smaller position. It's a one lot. Um, it has a different exit strategy. If we get an extended up move, it has a different upside adjustment strategy and has a different downside adjustment strategy. So it's a different trading strategy. Um, 
This is uh, our November position. We're still in our, I think we're out of our, okay, no. So this is our November position for the bear trade. So the exit strategy for the bear trade is we don't roll this strategy back. Basically, if we exceed to the downside, if we close under 1700, the strategy is over, right? The trade is exited. So here, uh, that's going to give you different dynamics. We still have an upside scale in at 1800. That doesn't come into play here. Uh, we do not have a downside adjustment here on Thursday. We, if we go to Friday here, we are at 1686. That is going to, our lowered long strike is at 1710. 1686 is, is clearly under 10 points, right? 1710 minus 10 is 1700. It's clearly under 1700. That's going to trigger us with an exit. So we're going to close this and we're going to take profit here of plus 267 on, on $5,000 playing capital. So it's not a, um, not a huge return. But again, that's again that, that's the guidelines within that trade. So that is closed. Uh, we also have an opening of a new trade. So we'll go here, and I'm just doing this in puts just to help. It helps um, distinguish between the two trades. Uh, we have the same thing: 17, 27 points under the money. That puts us at 1660, just barely. Minus two, one, two, three, four, five, plus one. Four, five plus one, and this is going to be our bear trade entry. Basically, we have an exit if we're 10 points under the long strike. So, if the market goes down from here and it crashes, uh, if we get 10 points under the long strike, which is going to be at what 15 uh, uh, under 1600, we're just going to exit, and we'll ch chances are we'll be at a profit. And then, if we go up, we're going to start scaling at 1700. So, commit that. 2023 dash, what's this, uh, 12, yeah, December, bear trade, okay. Then, let's go back to Monday, we will take a look at... So we have an M3 for October. This is a $50,000 planned capital position, but we're not allowing more than a $10,000 drawdown with 8% down move. So that's going to be an adjustment trigger. We have an adjustment trigger downside um, under our short strikes. So that's two adjustment triggers. We have a third adjustment trigger downside if we're positive 50 delta. Upside, we're positive 50, uh, negative 15 uh, or 10 points past our long strike, which is over... Um, I'm sorry, negative 15 or uh, anything over 1770. Okay, that's basically what's going on here. And then Tuesday, we have an upside adjustment trigger because we're more than, um, oh, let's see. We don't have an upside adjustment trigger. Let me pull that out. I did that um, and I shouldn't have. So let me pull that out. You go to my trade log, go to my M3. 
three. And I guess we're going to be trading this as we go along because if I made that error, then I have to fix everything. So let's take the 17th. Let's take that out. Usually I'll leave it, but let's let's um, let's do this by the guidelines here. No, I don't want to exit option to explore. All right, so we're twelve sixty-five. So this is close to an adjustment point, but we are we're not there. Again, this is a gray area, so you're going to want to play out both ways. Um, right, there's a roll-up point. At, it's like seventeen oh one. That could have happened during that time frame. We have a delta of that's fairly close to adjustment also. For whatever reason, I thought it was actually there, but it wasn't. So we go to the following day. We get our 35-point down move. There's also not an adjustment here. And then if we go to our next day, oh, wait a minute. There might be an adjustment to the downside. So one of the things I do here is I'm looking at my asset price is 1730. 1730 times 0.92 is going to give me a price of 1591. I want to make sure I'm not more than 10,000 drawn down there, and I'm not. So I'm okay there. Um, if I go to the following day, then we get a 23-point down move. Now, um, this also... This does trigger an adjustment because we're under the short strikes. That would trigger a rollback normally. Um, remember, one of the things that happened during this trade, everybody, is that we are we usually trade the monthly expiration cycle. We ran out of strikes to the downside in the Russell. That happens when we get really big down moves sometimes. And uh, one of the things that's happened, I think we've run out of down strikes like two two months in a row, and, and uh, it looks like we might run out in the next strike if it continues down. So that just gives you an idea how much the market's been down lately in the Russell. But anyway, this would normally trigger a rollback, but but we only overlap two trades, and this is uh, Friday's 56 days to expiration. So, um, so I'll, actually, we wouldn't necessarily exit here uh, because Friday. But Friday's 56 days to expiration. I'm going to exit Friday anyway. So I'm usually not going to make a major adjustment if I only have one day left um, in this cycle. I mean, I, I could do that, but I'm probably not going to bother. Um, let's do it though. 1705 puts me at a short strike of, uh, let's see, what's my short strike going to be? It's going to be 1680. So 1680. We have a base position that we're going to have. So minus 20, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. And then 1680 here is going to be here. Minus 10, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. And... I'm going to have to be plus 19, maybe. Yeah, and that's going to put me in a symmetrical butterfly. So let's just, we're going to do this on paper, right, before we do any moves, actually. But let's do this. This is going to be what we call our base position for the M3 rollback. From there, we want to correct the Delta, say with a call or whatever. If I try to do that with a 50-point wing, my downside risk is going to be too high. So um, I think I'm going to have to go to 
this. So one of the things we do is we bring in our lower long to we bring in our lower long to bring our downside risk down, and we also in companion with that we make our upper wing the same length. So we're basically going into a condor with our primary short strike. We'll call it a 1680. If we do this and we do a call of say 55 or 56 delta, so we'll do it here. And we take a look at our asset price of 1705 times 0.92, uh, 1568. It gives us a drawdown at 1568 of um, less than 10,000. So we're okay. So this is going to be our re-entry. So we'll re-enter. We're going to re-enter this condor with a call on it. We get another down move. We're up 1962. We are. Um, this is within guidelines, right? So there normally wouldn't be an adjustment here. We would leave it alone. But in this case here, we are we are um, 56 days to expiration for our next entry, and we're not really supposed to be in this cycle. So I'm just going to close this out, and I'm going to enter my new trade. So enter closing model trades. I'm going to want to commit this. This is going to be a positive. Uh, what 19. 32, point, uh, I'm sorry, 23.3.98, and we'll just save that. For our M3 for November, if I go back to Monday, oops, that's October, let's go to November. Again, we have a Roll-up point here over 1760 uh, at our checkpoint time. So did that happen? 1769. So technically that did put us into a roll-up point. So let's do that. Let's enter closing model trades. We should still be able to stay in a 10 lot. Okay. So um, this is what we call an unfortunate event because it means we're going to be kicked up and kicked down again, but uh, rules are the rules. 1750 short strikes. 1750 short strikes. It's going to be here. 20 and 1750 is going to be minus 20. And that gives us a symmetrical butterfly. We have 53 delta. That puts us, say, here. That brings us to about neutral. So usually if we're doing up adjustments, I like to stay a little bit more negative. But let's just, um, let's just call this here. Let's commit this. That's going to be our up adjustment. If I go to Wednesday... The 35-point down move, that's going to kick us back again. That's going to put us back down to 1720, uh, 1710, 2, 3, 4, 5, and 1710. It's going to give us 46-ish, so we'll do um, 11. Here, that's going to bring us into 
this position here, and then we have Thursday 1705. It's going to trigger another rollback, right? And we're positive delta, and that's going to roll us back into 1680 here. And 1680 here. Okay, and then we're 43-ish on the delta, so we'll do 11 here. And we'll commit that. So we're doing okay, but it's just being knocked around a lot, which is not uncommon when you get... Um, when you get um, these really large moves here. So, so right. So this is where we close Friday. We're up about one hundred nineteen dollars. Okay. So let's go to um, Friday. We have an entry. We have fifty six days to expiration. We're at sixteen eighty six. Sixteen eighty six. That puts us at sixteen sixty. Puts us at 1660. And that gives us, actually, we're going to be at 20 lot probably. The IV skew curve is still very flat. Plus 20. All right, what happened here? Plus 20. One, two, three, four, five, three, four, five. Ah, there we go. Okay, 58 delta is going to be, we'll go with the 59. This is going to be our entry for December on M3, okay? Okay, so let's move along here. And we will go to our M3.4U. So M3.4U, uh, we took the first loss in this strategy in a very long time. This is up over 100% for the year, so it's been um, doing very, very well. What happens here, though, is we're getting... A little bit too much chop. So prior to a, uh, Monday, when Monday comes in, we are at a, a negative 5.52. We are over our long strike. We should be positive delta. We're going to come in and we're going to look at making an adjustment. If we do that, we are um, still negative delta. But if we if we try to adjust more than that, what happens is we end up getting uh, getting too positive delta. So we have a rules conflict, right? We have a uh, we have a up adjustment because we're minus 0.09. But if we do an up adjustment, then we're too positive delta. So we're uh, we're going to have to settle for this. So we're going to make that adjustment there, and then of course Tuesday we got. A, uh, a down move here and 
oh no, Tuesday we got another up move. So now we can make the adjustment. So if we try to make the adjustment now, um, we can make that adjustment. I don't like this adjustment, by the way, right? So this is what we mean about situational awareness. I don't want to be chasing the market up close to expiration and have my maximum capital level. So my max, like if this adjustment had, had been at, you know, 4000 and say $4,200, that caused $4,200 of risk in this, I would have had to move the lower long. And then I would have made, you know, a different type of adjustment on this, right? So I take my risk out to the downside and now I can see if I can, now I can make that adjustment. And if I go any further than that, I'm going to have a rules conflict. This puts me in a much better, this from, so if being positionally subjective, this makes a lot more sense than the actual adjustment that we made. Um, but again, we're just following the guidelines in this webinar. So we're going to leave it alone. Uh, if we get to Wednesday here, we get this um, large down move. That puts us at minus 156. Uh, that puts us at positive 8 delta. That's going to require a down adjustment. I'm going to roll this up. And now we're at 232. We're within guidelines. If I go to Thursday, let me ignore adjustments here. Um, I'm down 243. Our exit loss triggers 500, so that's not um, a real big deal. This is going to require that I adjust down. Now I'm 287, so I'm within now. And then if I go to Friday, uh, we got another fairly big down move Friday. So um, this is going to require another adjustment, seven days to expiration. But again, I'm in a different expiration cycle because I ran out of strikes. And I have to start my next trade, so I'm just going to exit this. This may have ended up turning out as a winner if I could have been in my right expiration cycle. It may have ended up turning out a winner if I hold it for another seven days. We don't really know, but I don't want to be in three trades at the same time. That's not the intent of the strategy. So we're going to close this early. We're going to take our 273. Um, first loss in a very long time. Um, minus 273. Uh, and we are going to let that go. Our next cycle is here on Monday. Again, um, we're here. M minus three inside the tent is our maximum negative. So I make an upside adjustment by rolling this in. I go to Tuesday. Negative three is my limit. I'm minus six, so I have to roll that in. Notice um, capital level's good. Everything's good here. I'm now within guidelines. If I go to Wednesday, that's going to trigger a down adjustment because I'm more than positive four. And if I go to Thursday, that is going to trigger a rollback. So with this strategy, if I get to a symmetrical butterfly and I'm still over my limits, that's going to trigger a rollback. So I'm going to close this position out and I'm going to roll it back and re-enter. I'm going to re-enter at the strikes of uh, 1680. And this is what our position looks like coming into Friday. On Friday, 
We got a further down move, but everything's within guidelines. So as of Friday, this is down 160. It's not in any trouble. It's just drawn down a little bit because of well, a crazy down move in its cycle. So that's doing fine. I love this entry, by the way. So this is both from a technical standpoint and a positional standpoint. I really like it. Um, it's coming in here, new trade. Particularly if the market's down today, it's another good day. But um, we're going to be at 16.60 short strikes. Minus four, one, two, three, four, five, six. Plus two, one, two, three, four, five, six, one, two, three, four, plus four. That's our normal entry. Our implied volatility vertical skew curve is still much flatter than normal. So um, it's going to require a modification on entry. Positive two is within our guidelines. That's going to be our entry there. Let's commit that. That's going to be 2023-12M3.4U. And that is going to be off and running for M3.4U. So that's, how, that's those strategies. Let's jump into... As you can see, sometimes 12 is a lot, sometimes it's a little, depends on what's going on. We have a lot going on this cycle, so it's a lot. So question here. Thanks for mentioning cheaper butterfly on entry with a flat curve. Would this imply if the market does not move much as the skew gets steeper, closer to expiration, the butterfly becomes more... Ex yeah, 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 yeah. So... You can reverse identify the vertical skew curve in the marketplace by the T plus zero line on your butterfly, right? So that's the way that I do it. I don't look at, I never look at a vertical, I'm a, except for the purposes of education when I'm educating people, I never look at a vertical skew curve. Um, I can see the vertical skew curve in my position, so I don't have to. Right, as the, the delta increases, or as it, as the position looks like it's getting close to expiration, um, the um, the vertical in the in the vertical skew curve, well, as it looks like it's going, if it looks like it's going close to expiration in the vertical skew curve, without the time going by, right? I know the vertical skew curve's moving into a smile. If it goes the opposite way, I know it's moving into something flat. Okay. Um, but um, this would imply that if the market does not move much, and as the skew gets steeper, closer to expiration, then the butterfly becomes more expensive. Yes, that's true. But again, you're looking at implied volatility. Implied volatility in isolation is not a fair representation of that, because implied volatility is a percentage of a base value, and that base value is eroding, and the curve of that base value itself is changing underneath the implied volatility, which means implied volatility might not change at all, but the curve on your T plus zero line is going to shift simply because of the base value underneath the curve or the percentage is making that difference. This is a higher level of education within that, but, but yeah, in general, you have the general concept, okay? Um, I've noticed a cheaper butterfly after a big move up equals a flatter curve probably. Yeah, right. So that would be – this gets back into something that our more advanced traders are going to notice. Right? So we get a move up. We get a, we get a cheaper butterfly with a move up. 
with the same relative strikes to the money, right? So we have to say that. So we have the same relative strikes to the money. We got to move up. We get a cheaper butterfly with flatter delta. That's basically telling us that our vertical skew curve is flattening on the way up. That in itself is implies bearishness. In other words, the implied volatility market is concerned with a down move at that point. Uh, or they're, they're concerned with a crazy exponential up move. More, more commonly, it, you, know, and you would look at the technical situation on the charts with the price to determine this. Let's get some deeper. But um, in general, right, so if I'm going to generalities, most of the time that flattening on the up move means that the, um, the, the people in the know think the market's coming down. They put protecting and buying options, right? There's pressure to buy options, flattens curve, and that um, implies a down move. And it's a cheaper, yeah, and, and you're going to get a better value there at that point. Uh, it's unusual. Um, thank you. You are the best. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate the comment. That's awesome. Um, and yeah, yeah. And that's an important point. Exactly. Here's another important point called allowing yourself to lose, right? So a lot of us get caught up in profit and loss. Uh, this is a stage four strategy. So we're, we do things sometimes a little bit differently here. We take in positional analysis and so forth. Um, again, I don't do, uh, I'm not taking any technical or price moving considerations necessarily or my thoughts on that. I'm just doing this purely from a positional standpoint. What gives us the best possibility to make money? And that all comes into risk reward and probability. Um, here, this is what my rock trade ended up looking like. And I know you guys haven't been on here, but um, this is what it ended up looking like. It's easy tendency to be, um, it's easy tendency to try and get yourself on top of the market and maximize your theta here. Um, and in certain market conditions, that's like suicide. I mean, you might as well end it, right? What we're trying to do here is we're trying to keep ourselves into a good risk reward structure with a decent probability. So here, um, you know, I might want to take off a little bit of upside risk here. Although, you know, so one of the things I'm looking at is I have the potential here. My max loss in this trade, by the way, is $20,000, right? The trade didn't work out. But, you know, by the guidelines, we stay in this pretty much till expiration. So um, we're kind of following the concept of the guidelines, but at the same time, um, if I'm like attached to profits and I try to flatten the delta here, that's like I said, that's very rarely is that it might work out, but very rarely is that going to work out. You're better off to actually keep this profile and do nothing. I'm going to make a, I'm going to make a modification here. And I'm going to flatten this out because I'm going to go pretend to go into a little bit of profit protection here. Ideally, you're probably better off to risk this, but, um, and what I'm going to do is that's going to kick my delta down to close to maximum negative, about half maximum negative delta on my strategy. So my normal negative delta points, like minus 15, um, I'll bring this to minus 7, which is about half of that. So now I'm risking, you know, thousands, you know, not $1,000, but maybe seven or $800 for potentially making thousands, right? So I like that trade-off. Because that can happen very quickly. If I go and I'm if I go into um, the next trading day here, 
what happens is I end up getting an up move. There's no adjusting this. Nobody should be adjusting this position at all. You you, you hold it and take your $1,000 loss. Or maybe you make money. Right? There's, there's no point in up adjusting. I, I don't up adjust to try and get out. Right? This is foolish from a position standpoint. From... from you know, I can exit it if I want to. That's fine if, if, if that's my point. If I want to preserve my capital here, my point being you should be exiting. If you want to take a chance of maybe making some money, you stay in it. Because we don't necessarily know where the market's going, right? And a risk-reward structure, this is excellent. So in other words, I might, if, if I was a directional trader or if I was an opportunistic trader, I might take this trade. There's really no reason to get out of it unless you want to, and you're, like I said, overly attached to your profits, which we always we always say do not. I mean, as soon as you're attached to your profits, you should be exiting anyway, because chances are any choice you make at that point is going to be uh, bad, right? So we just want to leave this, regardless really of what our delta is. I mean, we worst case scenario, the market doesn't go down, and we end up losing whatever this line is, about a thousand dollars. Best case scenario, we come down into here. Um, you might be concerned about a hundred point down move, and I and, and I and I um, I agree with that. Okay, um, but you might be concerned about that, and you know you may want to close out the lower end. I don't do that, <laughs> and again, this is personal preference, and you may call it foolishness or whatever. I keep the market in for whatever I can. If I run into trouble, I deal with it. Um, I don't do that. But again, I think this is a smart move positionally, or at least taking five off. I mean, there's really no value in this. If you can close it for nothing, I suppose you can do that. But, um, or, or, yeah, so minus five. Personally, I don't trade that way, but you, you could do that. Um, realistically, even if I took a huge loss here, and to, which would be very unusual, right? But if, but it happens. Uh, but even if I took a 100-point move down here, I took the total loss. That's still within the max loss limits of my trade is my point. So I'm not really that concerned about that personally. But again, I don't think that that's a bad – I think that's a, a fine move to do. It's not an issue um, with me. I kept it here. If we go to um, following day – End up getting this down move at our checkpoint time, and whoops, like all my trades, and we're up about twenty-eight hundred dollars. This we want to take, right? So from our, even if we weren't zero days, we are zero days, so we're going to expire it. Um, you could hold it till the end of the day, okay? Maybe get a little bit more out of it or whatever. That that's no problem because it expired. It's it's not an overnight hold. I think this is in a weekly. This. This isn't a weekly, so it's not an overnight hold. But um, and we end up in this cycle simply because, again, we ran out of options in our regular cycle. But um, this is um, this is this would be a foolish risk reward to stay in this and try and get the rest of the money out of it. If you, if there was another day left, because now I have a lot of money to lose here, and a somewhat normal move puts me back into here, so that would not be a good positional choice. 
right? So this, it makes sense to exit here uh, on this position. So we're going, we exit out of that at a profit of about $2,800. But if I had been attached to my, if, if I hadn't been attached to my profits and I hadn't made an adjustment the day before or the couple days before, this would be a much higher return, right? So I gave myself an opportunity for a much higher return. If I'd been over, it, it, I, I think that modified move we made was fine because again, that puts our, that gives us a very good risk reward. So that's good. That makes sense. Flattening Delta was, would have been foolish in my opinion, right there. Um, this here, staying in this position here another day to try and get a little bit more money out of it's also foolish without doing something because I'm risking, um, you know, $2,800, $3,800 to potentially make, you know, maybe another thousand. And I don't, the probabilities of that happening are not like super good, although it probably would have worked out in this case here. Um, they're not, they're not super good. So it's good to exit out of that. The other issue I want to look at here is that a normal, a hundred points, very rare, but 50 points is fairly normal. 50 points off of where we were, Puts us right in the middle. That's not a big deal. 50 points off of here, 50, 60 points, and that puts us down here. And that is a really big deal. So um, in other words, a, a fairly large but normal move puts us in, at risk of a very large loss. And we don't want to be in that position really ever. Okay, we want to avoid, or at least we want to avoid that as much as possible. Okay, um, yeah, I could stay in if I close this out, which again, these are worth worthless. But I wouldn't want to. I, I really wouldn't want to do that. I think it. I think you'd be best off here just to take that. That's your best choice. Uh, that said, um, it is 30 days to expiration, so it is time to get into our new rock trade. Rock trade setup is going to look like this. We do a 10 lot. It looks like an M3 entry, but it's a 10 lot here. Um, it's going to be at the 1700, uh, 1710, because we're at 1730. It's about 20 points under, 10 point wide. 40 delta call gives us neutral delta. That's our rock position entry for November. We also, um, see, so we didn't have a V32 trade on, but we have a V32 trade entry. Uh, that looks like this. It's just a 60-40 broken wing butterfly with the shorts about 20 points under the money. This is a bullish strategy. It actually has less downside room than in a regular bull trade. You think you're safer because you're in a broken wing butterfly. That is not true. Um, bull trade is actually going to take more of a move against it. You go to Thursday. We get below our short strikes. That's going to trigger a rollback to, well, 1680. It's going to put us here. Again, we roll back into a 60-40 broken wing butterfly. Friday, we get a continued down move, but we are above our short strikes, and we're down about 13.20. This is what we look like. The benefit to this strategy, though, is it comes back very, very quickly if the market kind of accommodates to us. So assuming we can take the down move, this is a very good strategy, but it's, it's, it's tough on the down moves are tough on it when you run off of entry. Okay, so that's what we have for our Russell trades.
for our SPX trays, we actually have a UB1, which had no adjustments. So this is a $35,000 plan capital trade. It is entered 56 days to expiration. It's exited when your next trade is 56 days to expiration, so it's a time exit. It gives us very small profits usually with small losses. It's, um, but there's some good dynamics and learnings in here under certain market conditions. This year, I have to close this because it's time to enter our December cycle. So I'm going to enter my closing model trades. I'm going to commit those. This is going to be plus 200. That tends to be the characteristics within the um, strategy there. If I go to December, our entry is going to look like this. I'll be happy when I can take the weeklies off here because it's a pain when we're doing demonstrations. Um, okay, so an entry for a UB1 looks like this. 10, 10 lot, uh, if you're doing a 10 lot, uh, is here at the money. 40 point wing, 1, 2, 3, 4, minus 20, 60 point wing, just like some of the other strategies, right? Uh, minus 20, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 10 point wing. Check my delta. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 1, 2, 3, 4. My maximum delta on entry is 10. I'm at minus, I'm at positive 16. Sometimes these are negative delta too, by the way, on entry. That has to do with your vertical skew curve. Um, but that's 10, so I'm going to go up here. That's still more than 10. So I'm going to have to go to here. It's going to be positive 399. It's going to be entry looks like this. I'm going to note my theta number on entry, which is going to be 25.61. So I'm going to commit trade uh, 25.61. As we have a theta adjustment parameter on this particular strategy, which is unusual. But we do see them out there, so we, we, we talk about the value in doing that and the lack of value sometimes in doing that. Uh, it's a UB1. We'll save that. These SPX go trades go really quickly because they're very longer term and they're very simple. So um, our Super Bowl looks like this. This is our Super Bowl for November. Basically, we're waiting to see if this comes back to neutral before expiration. So we just stay in this trade. And, and again, these are the guidelines. They're very simple. It's a stage two trade. You'd be amazed at the win rate of this strategy. It's very high. It's like 94%. I believe it's actually the highest win rate that, um, that we have in the options trading for income. But there are drawbacks to it. Right? So um, it's definitely a bullish bias strategy and so forth. And uh, Anyway, here, basically what we're going to do is we just check this on a daily level, which we really don't have to check it unless the market goes up a lot. Uh, if we get to back to break even, we close the trade, call it a day. Um, that's our November position. Our December position currently looks like this. We don't even check this position until we enter our January position, which is going to be a while away. Okay. My guess is November is going to lose. December is going to win. 
we'll see what happens as we go forward. But that is uh, that's my guess. So um, then we have our X4 strategies. And what I'll do too for you guys, I'll show you what how the strategies have been doing year to date. So if you want to hang on till the end here, we will show you that. Um, anyway, we talked about this is probably not going to be a winning cycle for this trade. It's probably going to come out with a small loss. Again, this is a a twenty five hundred dollar um, exit loss trigger, so we're no ways near that number. The only way that would happen is the market really breaks down, and it's probably not really going to break down much from here. But we'll see. This is, I don't think there were any adjustments. Yeah, so let me just, unless it was something Friday, which I doubt. So let's go to, just jump to Friday. That's what this looks like. As of Friday, we're down about 12.90. We have to exit this by time when uh, 77 days expiration comes for our January cycle. So this is going to exit out probably probably at a bit of a loss. Um, although it's not going to be bad, it should just be minor. And we also had no adjustments in our December position, which looks really good. I actually like this position a lot. It's pretty much at break-even here, and it looks like this. We have our V17 strategies that also had no adjustments uh, well, they may have had adjustments Friday, so they had no adjustments till Friday. So these look like similar trades, but they're not. Um, as of Friday, this is down 850, and we are we have an adjustment point at 4200. So that's what that looks like. I think this trade's probably going to make out okay unless the market breaks the technical levels we're talking about in market outlook. But um, I don't think that it will. So this will probably be okay. Again, we're gonna, we have a time exit, so we may, depending on where the market is, um, at the beginning of oh, this Friday, this may or may not work out positive. Uh, we have our December, which is here. This is drawn down about 1229. Uh, this is a $2,500 exit loss trigger too. So this is threatened a little bit. We'll see where it goes. Um, V22. We stopped out on V22 for Monday. So let's go to Monday here. Oops. I go to V22. Again, we're dealing with the crazy implied. For those of you who don't know, right? Let me look. Let me show you something in a minute. So, um, first of all, this is V22 for. December. Okay, we ended up getting stopped out here on Monday because we have a we have a $2,500 loss trigger. It's our checkpoint time. We're 2739. So um, we're going to exit out of this and we're going to move on. And for our December position, 
we had no adjustments and this is down 722. So one of the things that you guys should all be aware of with the skew curve is if we take a standard butterfly um, and you look at the T plus zero line, it peaks out way back here with a 70 point wing. That's very unusual. And it was much, even much further, after COVID, it was much further than I was like down here at like 4,000, for example, if you were to do something comparatively. The T plus zero line curve was down here. It really should, realistically, we should be up in here. This is, and we talked about this, and it makes the strategy only work in certain types of situations, although we're positive for the year. But it's not good for the strategy rule set because the strategy rule set was developed in an environment where if you entered this trade, the peak of the T plus zero line would be here, relatively, like at 4280. And it's way back here at more than 100 points underneath that. So that makes the rules almost not valid for the strategy. Um, it's just something to be aware of. We decided to trade it, th trade it through with some minor modifications, but um, it, the original intent of the strategy is, is no longer there. But that's where this peaks out, again, gives us a good indication of what our implied volatility vertical skew curve is. It's just a, it's just a good thing to notice as you get more advanced. Again, as a beginner, you wouldn't even worry about that, but... As you get more advanced, that is important. And basically, it's telling us that we need wider wings in the strategy. So when we peak out way back here and we end up getting like negative theta under the tent, the wings are too narrow. I mean, that's basically implied volatility screw curve telling you your wings are too narrow. Um, but the problem is if I widen this and make this a bigger position, then I also have to take a bigger loss on it. Otherwise, my stop gets too small, and then I'm going to lose because my stop's too small, which is actually the case here too, by the way. Um, I'm trying to trade a strategy with a $2,500 stop with a 70-point wing. Usually, I want like a 50-point wing for that, and a 70-point wing is a bigger trade than a um, than a 50-point wing. And even though, because of the implied volatility, my 70-point wing costs less than my old 50-point wing, right? Does that make sense? It costs less than, my, I'm 70 points, but it costs less than my old 50-point wing pre-COVID, for example. Um, it's a bigger trade. And being a bigger trade, I have to expect more fluctuation in my profit and loss. And if I try to hold the same stop, and this is one of the challenges, if I try to hold the same stop with a bigger trade, that is like lowering my max loss. When I lower my max loss, if you know strategy dynamics, when you when you when you when you make your your stop tighter, you stop out more. It decreases your win rate. Right? That's just regular strategy dynamics. You can see that kind of playing out here. All right. So anyway, that is. Um, Uh, that, but that's but that's the way that's playing out. Um, uh, okay, so it means volatility is high? Question mark. No. So this dynamic has nothing to do with your absolute implied volatility level. There are usually some correlations where your when your absolute implied volatility is high, your implied volatility skew curve is generally flatter, right? Not all the time, but sometimes. You can make that sort of generalization, but the reality is it has nothing to do with implied the absolute implied volatility level. Again, 
understandings, understandings, understandings. It is everything to do with the implied vol the vertical implied volatility skew curve is what's giving us our T plus turn line. The implied volatility level doesn't matter in, in, a, in essence. There are, like I said, there are often correlations when implied volatility, general implied volatility goes up and goes down with what happens to, with the skew curve. But again, that only, that only happens like 70% of the time. The rest of the time, it's all in the skew curve. Okay. Um, so anyway, that is what we have for the um, yeah. And I'm just trying to get everybody to ask better questions because if because you, you're not going to learn anything trading if you keep asking general questions that you can't get a good answer to. Okay, so so be careful with your questions. Um, I can answer them, but it's like you know, it's like pulling a pulling something out of my hat and just kind of throwing it at you, just so you have a satisfactory answer that's very general. That's not going to give you any any usefulness, and I don't like doing that. Um, although in cases I will, depending on a certain level of education. Um, okay, so um, oh, results. Yeah, I told you I'd tell you that. So this is what's been going on with results. So um, well, just uh, in our pro membership. We're trying to do. We have this thousand percent. We're trying to do for the year trade for trade. Um, we're up nine eleven after what happened in the last cycle. So we have November, December. Hopefully, we get up to a thousand. That's been our goal. It's been kind of elusive. We've been hitting the eight hundred, seven hundred year to year. We haven't hit the thousand. So hopefully, that happens here. Um, on our bull trade. This is as of October close, uh, expiration cycle close. We are up 29.51%. We already took a loss in November. And we'll see what December does. So this could be positive, could be negative for the year. Depends on, like I said, November put us negative for the year. December might bring us back positive again. It's probably going to be relatively flat or negative for the year. Um, not a surprise. If you look at the chart of the Russell, I mean, you know, come on, right? It's um, it's it's you know not good. So this certainly isn't a bullish year. So that wouldn't be surprising. I mean, that makes sense. If we go to um, bearish butterfly trade for trade, it's up thirty nine point five five percent for the year. So it's doing not as well as normal, but it's doing okay, right? Um, our bear trades is up 43% for the year, and there's no overlap in that strategy, so that's like a solid 43% for the year, so that's doing pretty well. Um, if we have the M3, um, as of October close, we don't have the October results in yet, but we know that it was what? Um, it was positive, so we're probably going to be um, like 24, 25%. That's much less than normal for this strategy, but uh, we've had a little bit of too much market chop, and then, um, yeah, and so forth, and we're moving around. So that, that's probably up about 23. M3.4U prior to October was uh, trade for trade up 102.6%. That's a fantastic year for M3.4U, as have been the last several years. It's just been really, strategy's been doing super good. And um, we're going to take the first loss for the year in October, but that's only like maybe 5% or less. So we're still going to be around 98% for the year. We'll see how November does. Chances are it'll be positive. And December almost definitely will be positive with the entry we've got. So um, 
probably 100% plus return for M3.4U for the year, so that's nice. Uh, rock trade hasn't been performing wonderfully, but it has been performing, like for a rock trade, 100% for the year is kind of normal, and we're, as of October, we're at 68.95, so it's underperforming a little bit, but still doing very well. V32, about normal, 24% so far for the year. Um, Super Bowl is 121.5% uh, up for the year. We've had one loss so far. November, remember, this is a you use you lose like 120% when you lose. So um, this might bring this like back to break even for the year. I, I consider the way I look at this is I consider the returns at, at one tenth of what they show here. So I, I consider this a 12.15% positive on the Super Bowl. I expect this to go back to neutral after November, although we might break even. That would be nice. Um, and we might win December. So this is kind of a toss-up on whether it will be positive or negative. But that's what we have there. And Brandon says, bull trades lost during a market crash. Shocker. Um, however, with the SPX, the Super Bowl is impressive. Uh, of how much down move it takes to realize a loss. Well, see, this is the understanding of different strategies, right? So the the Super Bowl trade is very different than the bull trade. The bull trade has a stop out. The Super Bowl does not have a stop out, and the Super Bowl has a longer term time frame. So um, basically, what you're saying with the Super Bowl is the market can go down as far as it wants. So long as some point, at some point between, because we don't check the Super Bowl until the next trade hits 65 days expiration. So you're saying at some point in the next 35 to 65 days, the market's going to be the same or higher than it is today. Which if you go historically in the, in the stock market, like a very high percentage of the time, that's true. And if you go by the Super Bowl results, 94% of the time, that's true. That's what you're saying. With the, with the bull trade, you're saying something different. You're saying that it's going to be, it might, with the bull trade, it's a, high, a higher probability trade. So our, our vertical starts out of the money and you have a stop out point. What you're saying with the bull trade is the market won't go below this point before it goes higher. And with the bull trade, you can actually be below your starting point and you can make money, but it's also a shorter term, right? Uh, plus, the SPX has been more uptrending, and the and the Russell's been more downtrending. So, um, the, there's a lot of different dynamics going on between that. But you're saying two different things with the strategies, which is why you know a lot of times the Super Bowl can have a fantastic year, and the bull can have a bad year. Um, usually, if the Super Bowl has a bad year, the bull's also going to have a bad year because the market's just downtrending in general. But there are different dynamics that come into play depending how you trade them. Even though to the novice they look similar right to the novice the super bull trade is started out of the it's a bullish vertical out of the money right so it's 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 like your negative theta your very positive delta you're like your long strikes above the money and you look at that and say well that's got like statistically like a 30 percent chance of winning but it's got a re it's got a real win rate of 94 percent so your statistical my point being your statistical win rate doesn't mean crap and a lot of people are um a lot of people are um, relying on their statistical win rate in order to say they're going to be profitable in the future, right? Where you know a ten a ten delta bullish vertical 
if you start with a minus 10 delta, theoretically, as a 90% win rate. But in reality, you have to have a stop out on that trade. And the realistic win rate of that strategy is going to be like 70 to 80%. Even though it's supposed to have a 90% win rate, this one here statistically has like a 30% win rate. Not, not, yeah, statistically, it's like a 30% chance of winning. And the reality is is 94%. So there's more thing going on than that. Right. And, you know, those traders, mentors who tell you that you have a 90 percent chance of winning, that's a bunch of garbage. You want to be aware of that. Um, anyway, you know, UB1 strategy. This is typical for that, right? Minus one, plus four, plus three, plus one, plus two, plus six. Um, this is typical for this strategy. It's up 22 percent. We don't have any overlap, so it's doing OK. We will see how our next cycle goes. V14 for the year is up 62.6%. Again, we consider overlap for overlapping trades, but trade for trade is 62.6. Our V17 is up 85.17 trade for trade, and our V22 is up uh, only 16. But we talked about, realistically, the implied volatility dynamics do not match the rules of the strategy. So we're getting a bit of a... Not the best, um, not the best results necessarily, but that's what we have for the trades. This is what we have for the guidelines trades results for the year. Hopefully, our special guest members enjoyed the session, and you got a lot of education out of the session. We try to give as much as we can as we go along. So, thanks everyone, and we will see you on the next meeting. And for our special guests, uh, hopefully, we see you on the next meeting as well. Membership is open. We'd like to see you there. All right. Trade well, everyone. And that is what I have for you today. If you have any questions or comments or anything else you'd like to see in the next Trading Performance Podcast, please list that in the comments and I'll personally answer your questions and comments for you. Also, I'd love to encourage you to come on over to LockingYourSuccess.com. That's L-O-C-K-E in your success.com and check out our Trading Performance and Pro Memberships where you can find the tools you need to become a much more effective trader regardless of the type of trading you do. Thank you for joining me. I look forward to seeing you on the next Trading Performance Podcast.